0: Lord, can we just stand and have a word of prayer? Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. God is awesome. wanted to read Psalms 128, just one verse. It says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Amen. We're going to start the service off tonight with a special... So let's just have a word of prayer. Almighty God, we love you so much, and we thank you for all you do for us, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that name above all names, we ask that you would bless and anoint this service, Lord. Father, we come here with open hearts and open minds that your word can come and do the great physician's work, Lord, in our lives spiritually, that we can leave here better people, Father. We just believe you, Lord, 100%, all of your word, Lord, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. May it live in our hearts. May you help us now in our Christian walk. We love you so much, and we appreciate all you do for us. Anoint this service now. Lord, may our hearts be soft tonight and malleable, dear God, that you can mold our spirits and set your way, Father, that you can shape us into the people that you want us to be, Lord. People can see you coming and going as we're walking now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and ask all of these things. The congregation says, amen. You may be seated.
1: Bleeding in the darkness, the cell was cold and black, driven to unconsciousness by the stripes upon his back. He heard a voice call out his name, his mind began to clear, and in the darkness he replied, Silas, I am here. Oh, my brother Silas, Paul uttered with a groan. Today I thought for sure that we were going home. And when I opened up my eyes, I'd look upon his face. But here we are together in this dreadful place. But I will, will praise, praise the Lord. I will, will praise, praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store, I know I will praise, praise the Lord. Oh, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store, I know I will praise. Till I'm free Oh, free
2: to praise His name And in simulation My heart still sings He is the Messiah Oh, He is the King of Kings Just started waking up Singing filled their ears. Some men started swearing, others were in tears. And suddenly it happened
1: there was no mistake. As Paul and Silas praised the Lord, the walls began to shake. has in store.
2: be still. Sing it with all your heart. Thank you, Lord. He says, peace, peace, be still. We lift our a child.
0: Times like these, amen. You ever feel like that? In times like these, we need a savior, amen. Yeah. In times
2: like these, we need a savior.
0: Aren't you glad that he paid a debt that you did not owe? Amen. I think it's the key of C, or do we do key of D? Key of D. He paid a debt he did
2: not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins. brand new song. A me. Okay, let's
3: so now that he paid the debt, where does that put you? Amen. You're there. He'll never let you go. He's unmovable, unshakable. Amen. Amen. He's, it's a done deal. Now just walk with it. Just like Brother Branham said many times, just keep going. Keep walking. Don't give up. Amen. Amen. Love you all. I don't have an announcement, so that's okay. Praise the Lord. If you have a burden upon your heart this evening I know that uh, life is tough I see so many people out there and I'm just like where are all these people going and then I go where am I going and then tonight I'm going to church Amen. Amen. amen amen let's pray Father I love you Lord Lord my life wasn't always in your hand I can still remember the day Lord Father, when I tried to live by my own means and my own thinking, there's a song that uh, sing, I tried to be my own man. I thought I could do it all alone. But I'm so glad one day I found out, Lord, I couldn't do anything without you. But with you, we can do all things, Father. I pray for this congregation. I pray for the The will and leading of the holy spirit this evening touch every single heart father lord uh, even when we don't think that you're working you're working help us to see you're working and lord it just joys our heart when we do realize you are working and we see it manifest in our lives and our loved ones I pray that you bless the word this evening, the greatest form of worship, Father. Lord, we pray that you bless the cheerful giver, the tithes and offerings, Father. Lord, those that are streaming, I pray that your anointing would reach out and touch their hearts this evening also, Father. I love and worship you, dear God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you.
4: Amen. Are you glad to be here in the house of the Lord together? Amen. Certainly grateful for this opportunity we have before Thanksgiving. or in the season of uh, thanksgiving so uh we just want to uh we're glad that we were able to have a service here tonight and give you guys give everybody the church all of us together a uh, little bit of extra time to be with our family want to welcome the demars not sure if brother uh, brad uh, did that or not so welcome to brother jd's mom and dad certainly glad to have them here with us amen in the house of the lord i know they stream so now you're here we're glad to glad to have you and welcome you here Amen. We're going to change the order of the service now and invite Brother Matthew to come. I want to sing this song together. Amen. Jesus, draw me closer. Are you ready for the word? How many would just represent a need? Maybe by an uplifted hand, say, Lord Jesus, here's my need. Amen. Right now, I just want you to remember that. You don't know that song, Thank You, Lord, in the same key. Sounds very similar. Thank you, Lord.
2: want to thank you
4: Lord sing that again now try now oh thank you Lord
2: Oh, thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord, oh, thank you, Lord, I just want to thank you.
4: draw me close. Why did not you raise a hand now? Oh, closer Lord to you.
2: Let the world and let the world around me fail. For
4: I desire to worship and why don't you raise a hand now? Sing it with your eyes closed. Jesus, draw me close. Oh Lord, Jesus draw
2: me close.
5: Uh, Jackson, if you could drop my monitors, if you wouldn't mind. Kind of, I don't like to hear myself. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's good. It's Thanksgiving week, and we're—it's we're, always lots to be thankful for. I always—it it bothers me that it seems like in, in America we have the holiday season that starts for Halloween, and they always have a big Halloween thing, and everything's Halloween, and then as soon as November 1st rolls around, it's Christmas. And Thanksgiving is just not on the calendar somehow, wow. and it's almost like it's hard to commercialize a holiday about being thankful for what you have, wow. and that's why they don't. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it's it's always I always have a soft spot for Thanksgiving because it's it's always good to be thankful, and um, I guess that's going to be all for the music. Um, we'll we'll have a read our scripture here, Ephesians chapter ten. I'm sorry, um, hang on. I don't think it's chapter 10. It's Ephesians chapter 6. Pull up notes here. O oh, gracious and heavenly Father. Lord, I come before you this this evening, Father, your servant, my heart and mind open to you, Father, that I would bring nothing of of my own, but that only that which you would inspire for these people to hear. Yes. That they would be able to hear your word tonight and through that word build their faith. That in this wicked and dark day, that they would be able to stand against the devil and meet him at every turn, and would drive him back, yes. and would, would take that land in their life, that, that you would ordain for them, Father, that there would be nothing, no, no stronghold left uncast down within their life, Father. And we ask these things in your holy and precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. amen. Y'all can be seated. So, this this verse here, um, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So many times I feel like we read this. I mean, this is a familiar scripture. Everyone's heard this. We heard it from, since we're in Sunday school. And um, the way I I, I feel like uh, many years ago, Brother Jason did a a, a thing. I think it was might have been Ephesians or Corinthians. I don't remember which. Where he took a chapter and he would put it up on this on the screen. And you know, he he'd have the what we would think of as you know the the uh our our interpretation of it our our translation of this right and it's you know you have the actual scripture and then our version is like oh well it's this but and eh, we can kind of we can kind of you know skirt the edges here you know it doesn't really mean that well so i would think you know that that the the you know our 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 in practice interpretation of the scripture would be something like, you know, um, we we wrestle against mental hardships that, in some aspect, resemble a war. It's it's an analogy to war. It's a it's a it's a simile of war. Is it really though? Right? Because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's a war, and it's actually a conflict. And because it's a war, because it's, we, we understand that it's a war, it's a, it's a real war with real stakes and real risk. Oh, thank you, brother. Kind of need that already. Um, um, there's, there's risk involved in this, you know? Wars have consequences. You know, in, in the olden days when the Mongols are, you know, riding across the land and burning and pillaging and everything that they come across, you know, there's, there's consequences for losing those battles, you know. If you're some footman out there on the fields and, and you die and you lose the fight or you, you cut and run and abandon the field, your home is next. And your family and your kids and your wife and everything else. And everything that you know and love gets wiped out and taken and enslaved, and that's the consequences of war, you know. And we see this now in in Christian in in, in their spiritual war. You know, there's there's consequences to losing those spiritual battles. There's consequences for not being on your game, right? Consequences for not having your sword sharpened ready. You know, we, you know, we, we, we think, oh, well, it's an, anal- an analogy to war. Well, you know, when your kids are dealing with an addiction and are enslaved to something because there wasn't a strong man in the home to hold the devil back, well, that's not much of an analogy, is it? Mm-hmm. Right? It's not metaphorical anymore. And so because of this, because we don't take it seriously, we don't consider the fact that it's an actual war, we tend to be lax. And we don't, we're not as diligent, we're not on top of things, we're not as, um, you know, uh, we're not squared away, as they say in the military, right? Because, you know, in the military, where where there's actual, you know, physical conflict, you get that feedback immediately, there's no tolerance for being loose, right? You know, I mean... Literally, when, when soldiers go in, into, are going into combat, one of the things that a sergeant will do before they go out is he'll grab them, their chest rig and, and shake them really hard. Because yeah. if there's anything rattling around, sounds like a cowbell rattling around in your backpack, well, you can't come with us like that. Yeah. You're, they're going to hear you a mile away, yeah. right? You're, you know, stuff is just you know laying around willy-nilly. Uh, well, when artillery starts shaking the ground, stuff's going to fall apart. You know, it's got to be tight. It's got to be strapped down, tight, squared away, organized. When bullets are flying, you, you can't have your stuff just packed in your way. It's got to be organized and neat because you don't have time to be figuring it out. Right? Well, what do we do? Right? We're, we're loose. We're loose on security. You know, they in, you know, spent 20 years in Afghanistan and Iraq, and they'd, they'd have to build military outposts in a war zone, right? They've got to house people there for years. Well, when they're there, look at their security. We're talking concrete walls and barricades and guard towers with searchlights and one way in and out with multiple gates and redundancies and anybody coming through that gate is going to be, is going to be screened and checked. If you ain't got papers to be there, you get shot, right? Because they're not playing around, right? If, if, if the guys on guard fail their duty, their friends die, right? Well, what do we do? You know, if you're, I mean, just imagine yourself as some, as some guy in charge of security in, in a, in a you know, facility in a war zone, you know, and, and you're out, out in Afghanistan, and there's a, you know, there's some guy, you know, he's a, I don't know, ice cream salesman hanging around your base. And he's like, hey, you know, mind if I come in and sell ice cream? Well, who are you? And so you do a background check, and, you know, he's got no affiliations. You know, he's, he's not involved in anything. You know, not involved in anything, uh, not a known terrorist or anything. But your background check shows that all of his family is, all of his cousins are, all of his friends are, everyone he, he hangs out with is known, you know, Taliban members well, you let that guy in, you deserve to be fired probably out of a cannon, right? Because his associations make him suspect. But how often will we be like, well, this particular entertainment isn't bad. It's not, nothing wrong with it directly. But everything associated with it is absolutely poisonous, right? Everything around it, every, oh, you know, this... Well, this, this sporting, it's just a sporting event. Yeah, okay, but the halftime show is straight from hell. And, you know, the, the cheerleaders and every ad that you're going to watch, you know, while you're watching it, is sure. going to completely pollute the minds of everyone involved. Uh-huh. So everything associated with it is, is toxic. But, ah, well, it's just this thing. Well, no, it's not. Right? right? And, and we think, like, oh, that's just, it's just a sporting thing. We just watch the, the game, and it's, is it that big of a deal? Well, is it? Right? Is it really, you know, it's like, oh, you know, imagine some guy just hanging out in the battlefield, bullets flying around him. Ah, it's just some bullets. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, you know, oh, it's just some artillery. It's not wow. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just as lethal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll kill you worse than the bullets will. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right. Bullets, bullets don't really kill you. Right? right? They just, they just bring you to a a, a new form of life, right? right. Right? Uh, Spiritual corruption will kill you for real. It'll kill you in a way that bullets can't. And so, and part of this is it's, because, because we end up not training correctly, right? We don't take it seriously. We're not diligent. We're not squared away. We're not... We're not trained properly, or we don't allow ourselves to be trained properly. And part of that is, I, I wish I had the picture. I, I tried to send it to the booth. I just could not make it work. So you have to use the power of imagination. And I'm going to describe it to you. It's real simple. It says, imagine this picture, right? And it's just the ocean blue, as far as you can see, nice, calm, glassy sea all the way across. And under it are the words, an epic submarine battle. Right? You can't see it, mm-hmm. it's there though. Mm-hmm. There's submarines all under you and they're all firing torpedoes back and forth and it's this crazy epic battle that you can't see. Mm-hmm. Now you're standing on a boat, just floating out in the ocean, woo, you know, <laughs> on, a, on, your, on your you know two hour cruise, doing your thing, but there's a war raging underneath of you. Now your boat's halfway in and halfway out of that fight, yeah. right? Part of you is down there under that surface. Yeah. Well, we, people, we're made up of, well, it's, we're a triune being, right? We have a body. This is the thing that everybody sees. This is the part sticking up out of the water. Mm-hmm. We're standing on the deck. We're seeing what's sticking up out of the water. Mm-hmm. But there's another part of you under that water called your spirit man yeah. right. that has five senses, right. that interacts in that, spirit, in, in that submarine space. Right. And you can't really observe that unless you have some special equipment and you have your ears open. But it doesn't mean the submarine battle isn't there. And it doesn't mean that submarine battle doesn't directly affect your life. Because if, you know, enemy sub is there, you're going to know it real quick. You know, it's only a matter of time. Suddenly, and and you know, people who don't have their sonar on, don't have their spiritual ears open, aren't looking and listening and keeping their eyes open. Suddenly, one day, they don't understand why their whole everything just exploded. Wow. Yeah. I have no idea. Is this just a, a shock? Well, okay, it's because there was a there was a war going on that you weren't paying attention wow. to, wow. and now you're wondering. And you know, think think about the in the Second World War, you have all the. Um, The shipping going across the the ocean to to Europe. And the Germans were notorious for running submarines up and down the, all through the Atlantic, uh, hitting unsuspecting cargo ships. And they'd be in packs, you know, just whole fleets of these ships all sailing together, and suddenly one of them just explodes. And all the other ships, because they know what's going, you know, they know what's going on, suddenly they're, they weren't paying attention and suddenly one of their friends just explodes. So now, they, now they're all looking for, for, you know, they're now paying attention. And so a lot of times, you know, we're Christians, and we're just floating along the sea of life, not paying attention. And then when our friends explode, we're going, what happened? Yeah. Well, it's because we weren't, we weren't looking out for each other. We weren't fighting that spiritual yeah. battle, uh-huh. right? We weren't, we weren't focused on these things. And so it behooves us Amen. to really get on our game, yeah. get squared away. And and think about this because again, it is not, excuse me, it is not a metaphorical war that we are in. And because it's not a metaphorical war, it's an actual war, it's just fought in a in a different realm that we're not attuned to. We can apply a lot of the same principles and, and methodology from physical warfare into spiritual warfare. A lot of the same principles apply. Right, you know, we hear that you've heard the phrase the natural types, the spiritual, which I always thought was interesting that it didn't say the spiritual types, the natural, right? right? right. It's it's the, actually the other way, yeah. you know, you know, like I said, this mentality of like, oh, well, the spirit war is just a metaphor for this physical war. What's well, actually the other way around, right? Yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, I want to, um, because of that, you know, in, in taking that that thought, I want to kind of take a look at at warfare in general, and we take a big picture of it. I'm going to narrow it down, ultimately, down to sort of the individual and kind of show how, how to approach sort of spiritual warfare um, through, a, through a natural warfare lens. Um, and so the first thing um, I'd like to, like to it's just a, a sort of a key thing that um, anytime you start studying warfare, especially large-scale stuff, there's a saying. Well, there's two sayings. I think are um, probably key. The first one is a is a European, Western European military proverb that goes, "Amateurs study strategy or tactics, and professionals study logistics." Okay, what does that mean? Well, logistics um, is defined by Webster's. Um, is the aspect of military science dealing with the procurement, maintenance and transportation of military material, facilities and personnel and also the handling of the details of an operation. Yeah. Okay? So in kind of normal people speak that is how do all the stuff get to the battle and how does all the information and how do we communicate? Yeah. Right? How do the orders move? How do the tanks move? How do where's all the fuel? Where's all the bullets? Where's all the band-aids? Where's all the food? How's it getting there? Okay. So, going back to this idea that professional study tactics, or I'm sorry, amateur study tactics, professional study logistics. You know, most people looking from the outside think, oh, well, learning how to fight a war is all about, you know, uh, figuring out how to outmaneuver the enemy and our guys are here and their guys are there and how to, you know, move through this difficult terrain to approach them and all this stuff. It's like, nah. I mean, maybe, I mean it's important. I'm not saying it's not important, but the, in the grand scheme of things, you can have awful tactics and phenomenal logistics. And in the big picture, you might lose a lot of battles, but you will win the war eventually, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, again, look at the Germans in the Second World War. They had phenomenal tactics. They they were had the best, t- they completely invented whole doctrines of war that we still use today. Yeah. And that's why they were f- completely feared, especially early on. But their logistical infrastructure, the, the, the supply of, of keeping fuel to the tanks was appalling. A lot of people don't realize it was a huge percentage of their supply train was horse and buggy in an age of, of trucks, right? And so they would have these insane offensive pushes where they push hundreds and hundreds of miles in the space of a couple of months and then run out of fuel 30 miles from their objective and then have to sit on their hands for three months waiting for the supply lines to catch up, at which point, you know, it turns winter in Russia and they all freeze to death, right? And it's all because... Their tactics were amazing, but their logistics were horrendous, okay? And so ultimately, you look at the other side, the Russians, they had horrible tactics, right? Stalin executed all of his generals before the war. They had no experienced commanders. Their tactics were horrific, but their their logistics were amazing. They had incredible manufacturing capabilities. So they could just lose a lot of battles and they just had more to go, right? And so, spiritually speaking, a lot of times we're sitting here thinking about how do we combat the devil in this one particular situation or that particular situation, and then we're getting focused on win-loss column because we're trying to win all these micro-battles. But in the reality, in the grand scheme of things, where you're actually winning the war is logistics. Is how are you feeding yourself spiritually? How are you arming yourself spiritually spiritually? How are you making sure that the machines of your spiritual warfare are going forward and being fueled? Because it's, it's only a matter of time, right? Now we've completely changed the, changed the game, right? You're, it's no longer focused on, well, I lost today. Well, so what? We got more. There's more where that came from, right? And the other, of the other side of this, there's a famous, you might have heard of a guy by the name of Sun Tzu, literally turned warfare into an art. Um, Chinese guy, ancient Chinese proverb. He has this phenomenal quote, and if you get your head around this, it applies to so much of life, but it goes that um, victorious armies win first and then go to battle, and defeated armies go to battle and then seek to win. Right? The idea here being that the wars and battles of your life are one off the battlefield. They are one wow. in the wow. months and weeks wow. and days and years wow. of preparation and hard work and diligence and staying on top of things and making sure that you read and prayed and wow. listened to the tapes every single day up until that point, right? It's, it's like, a, it's like a, an athlete. I once heard an athlete. Crazy athletic events, all these crazy obstacle courses. And he said, they asked him, you know, how do you, you know, what's it like on race day, you know, when you're, Uh, you know, going to go out there and perform. And he's like, you know what? The reality is I did not win on race day. I won in the months leading up to that when I was in the gym, you know, doing all these insane exercise routines to prepare myself for that day. It's like I won in the months leading up to that. Race day was just when I got to get the trophy. Right? And the reality is most of the time, most, you know, when we're out there trying to fight the devil, we've neglected our logistics, and we're wondering why we're getting just murdered, uh-huh. why we have no faith, got no faith to fight a toothache, well, when was the last time you picked up a Bible? Right? When was the last time you pressed play on a tape and, and listened to something edifying? When was the last time you chose, you know, not YouTube? All right. All right. Like, yes. anything else, really. Right. Yeah, right. Um, You know, when was... The... <laughs> and so... This is, this is the big picture, right? This is the big picture of, you know, if you're going to win the war, we, this is why we say don't get hung up on win-loss column. Yeah. Don't get hung up on, oh, well, I lost today. Well, okay, today was a, was, a, was a bad day. Tomorrow's a new one. His mercies are new in the morning. Yeah. Wake up, put on your boots, open your Bible, yeah. pray, oh. read, turn on the tape, do it all over again, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, and, and don't forget... Everything that you know about logistics, so does the devil. And he understands that when you're going to try to break an enemy, you're going to do it by crushing their supply lines. So every morning when you go to open your Bible, the phone's going to ring, right? Every morning when you go to do something, something's going to come up. The temptation to pick up that phone first thing in the morning is going to be there, right? You know the, the the temptation to to distract you. He's going to not make it easy, but you have to push through, right? That's why it's a fight. Yeah. So, um, where am I at here? Oh, goodness, time is going. Um, so, uh, so I want to I want to kind of focus down a little bit farther. There's a hopefully not spend too much time on this. There's a concept. Um, in you know, now that's kind of big picture. I want to focus on a little bit farther, maybe to something a lot smaller. Um, there is a tool that is used by officers on the battlefield called METTC. It's, it's an acronym. It's T-C. okay? And it's an acronym that stands for Mission, Enemy, Terrain, Troops and Support, Time, and Civilian Considerations, okay? These are all the factors of the battle that you need to consider when you are figuring out how to approach this fight, yeah. Okay? So let's look at this kind of from top down because you can really apply this spiritually and it'll. It's kind of amazing. I, I, I was kind of learning about this and I thought to myself, you know, okay, let's try this sort of in a spiritual sense, and I was actually very shocked at how how well it helps you kind of approach things. Um, so look at, at at the mission, right? What's your mission? And you know, you don't you don't want to get too too big and and. You know, uh, a scale, because it's not like well, if you're the infantryman, you're not thinking about like what is the mission of the you know entire third army. No, it's what is your mission for you, yeah. right? Yeah. So you know when you're thinking, well, what is my mission? Well, it's not okay. We're going in a rapture. Okay, yeah, that is, but it's not. We're talking about today, yeah. right? what What is your What are you working with today? And so the the your mission, we might say for for a a, a Christian on any given days. You know, now maybe you have some specific thing, you know, specific struggle in your life. Maybe you're a minister and have some specific spiritual thing that you're approaching. Maybe you have a mission trip or or something like that. Or there's a specific need in your life that you're working with. You know, you can fill that in. I'm just saying for the general, we can say like a general thing that we would all maybe put here is maybe do your logistics. Right? It would be nice every day to wake up and read your Bible and pray and spend time with God and listen to tapes and and not be distracted by carnal entertainment and not be distracted by things of the world and and just sort of have a nice walk with God today. That's our mission for today. Okay? Now, who's our enemy? Now, I don't know about you, but my enemy in this mission is usually the reflection I see in my phone screen when I pick it up. (laughs) Right? Right? That's usually my biggest enemy in this in this scenario, right the guy who's holding the phone right. yeah. the you know and so ultimately you you're 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 fighting against this flesh thing that you're having to drag around right yeah. I actually recall um uh, the um, in 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 the bible when it's when it talks about the 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 man of flesh that paul talks about that you're kind of tied to i'm I'm kind of going off the top of my head so i don't remember exactly what the what the scripture is but um the the uh the the reference that he's making there is actually to an old ancient form of execution where they would shackle a a prisoner they would shackle prisoner to another prisoner and then kill the other prisoner and so you have to drag her on a dead body and then as that dead body rots it infects you with the rot and you die horribly it's awful um and so now, so this is this is the man of flesh that we're having to drag around this dead carcass that infects our spirit and our and our soul, right? Amen. And so that's the enemy that you're fighting against. And the terrain, everybody knows. Terrain, greatest battle ever fought. The battlefield is in your mind, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, if I could if I could potentially open your open your field of view a little bit on, on what exactly that means, right? Because we think, well, it's you know my feelings and my thoughts and different things, and you know we think that the five spiritual senses, I. Uh, uh, Thing, if I could do it off the top of my head, is a memory, affections, reasoning, conscience, and imagination. Okay, These are five spiritual senses. Now, we think of these as, well, there's my spirit man over here, and then my flesh man over here, and there's kind of a, a line there, and they don't cross. Well, hang on a minute. Memory is one of your five spiritual senses, right? Well, imagine a situation where someone's walking along, and they get hit on the head, and suddenly they have amnesia. Well, they had to damage their physical man. But their spirit man is crippled yeah. mm-hmm. the spirit man lost a physical sin, or a spiritual sense so there's a there's way more connection there than you think yeah, it's, all the flesh. it's all part of the flesh it's all part of the flesh man yeah. right it's just an extension of that into like you said it's all part of the same boat just part of it's under the under the surface that you can't see mm-hmm. and on the conver- the other side of this um i don't have time to really pull them up but there's a, a um Many scriptures where Brother Abraham is dealing with people in, in discernment and he talks about, oh, you know, sister, you have you have a heart condition. Well it's actually a nervous condition. Right? Yeah. right? What is it? A, it's a spiritual affliction yeah. that she has is manifesting through her body and causing her physical right. damage. Right. Yeah. right? So, you know, when we're when we're um when we're talking about the battlefield is in your mind, your mind is a lot right your mind is a much bigger thing than just sort of like this ephemeral sort of nebulous concept that kind of floats around your head right it's actually manifests into your body yeah. Yeah. right so also sort of attached to that something to consider especially in this day and age um i just recently was looking into how um recently there was some some new science coming out about how uh the use of antidepressants was actually not as useful as a lot of, a lot of the me- medicine thought. They're um, actually having a hard time replicating the antidepressant effects um, now, um, since, uh, after the original studies, excuse me. Um, and they said that a lot, in a lot of their studies, diet and exercise were actually about as on par as an antidepressant pill in terms of, of controlling uh, depression. And in fact, a lot of um, psychiatrists will won't even give you pills until you do some major diet and exercise changes. Yeah. So what this is telling me is that, you know, we'll be going around having all kinds of depression issues and all kinds of spiritual battles and anxiety and different things. Think, oh man, I'm under such a, a, a you know, spiritual warfare, while you're eating what, you know, it's like, um, huh, there's a really eye-opening experience. If you ever go to Flagstaff, there's a big um, big grain silo with a Purina dog food um, logo on it, the you know red and white squared checkered thing. And if you're, you're driving and you see this thing, oh, there's the Purina plants where they make dog food. And then when you go up to the front gate of that thing, on a little bitty sign next to it, it says Nabisco Foods. <laughs> and literally the same plant that manufactures... Purina kibble for your dog is the same place that makes Cheez Its. Um, So just consider, just consider that the next time you're eating a Cheez It. Um, Now, the the reality is, you know, we'll sit there and, and stuff our face with stuff that we would be offended by if it was in a different package. Um, the, that's just the reality. And, and we're eating this stuff and wondering, why do I have all these major mental problems that I'm having? Well, it's because your body is screaming for some nutrients. It doesn't even know how to make the chemicals that make you feel okay, yeah. right? You're so, you know, have all kinds of chemical imbalances in your head because your nutrition is trash. We're have the standard American diet of dog food. <laughs> um, you know, and so, and so again, like, so we're not considering that your spiritual battles a lot of times are being fought on your dinner plate. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's a, just, just consider, maybe there was a reason Jehovah took so much care in what the, the Israelites ate. Just saying. I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time on that. It's just supposed to be a side note. <laughs> um, believe me. And if, if anyone feels attacked, I am pointing at myself way more than anybody else. Um, so, uh, anyway, so um, moving down, um, in our considerations of how to approach things, you have your civilian considerations at the end of that. Oh, I'm sorry, there was time. Time was the other important thing. Um, typically, time, your time frame, how you're approaching a battle, how much time do you have to work with this, right? It really depends what your goals are, depending on whether you're attacking or defending. If you're defending, you want to drag this out as long as possible. You want them to spend as much of their fuel, as much as their bullets, as much as their whatever, their resources, trying to approach your position as you possibly can. That's why you send all kinds of traps and landmines and barbed wire and stuff out there so it slows them down, right? Well, if you're on the attack, you want to be there like right now, right? You don't want a bunch of time lingering out in the middle of, of no man's land where you can get shot, right? Well, think of this spiritually. The devil is always defending. He's banning the gates of hell, right? There's those gates of hell that are keeping you in. I'll come back to that. The gates of hell don't keep you out; they keep you in, <laughs> right? Um, and he's—that's why it's everything's a time waster. You ever notice that those things that always wind you up are time wasters? Yeah. Isn't it odd that the biggest time waster on earth is called TikTok? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. The, these— isn't it interesting that all of these things are done like? you know you pick up your phone to and end up on YouTube and then suddenly you go oh wow 45 the 45 minutes of my day that I had to read my bible and pray are gone wow. right they're time wasters it's it's things that are going to bog you down and slow you down because you're on the attack you're assaulting the gates of hell and he's trying to wind you wow. up in barbed wire in spiritual barbed wire right mm-hmm. so don't get caught up in that just go around that stuff don't get caught in it because you need to be on target immediately, right? When you're on the attack, when when your goal is logistics, right? When your goal is, okay, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to have my walk with God. I'm going to get out ahead of the devil. you got to be on your game from the word go, right? Because you give him a single second, he's going to shut you down, okay? And then you have considering consideration. I'm going to try to move past a lot of this. Um, I just, you know, consider... Just consider, um, you know, when you're losing spiritual battles, um, and you're you've let your attitude become foul to the point where you, you know, chew out the cashier at the grocery store for shortchanging you 25 cents, and completely trash your testimony. You've now made that person a collateral damage in your spiritual yeah. war. Wow. Wow. You have trashed your testimony with that person, right? So, you know, just consider these things. Yeah. Be be aware of the way that you're of the way you're handling your warfare. Don't be too heavy-handed with things, you know? There's there's a way to especially with witnessing, there's a way to approach people that isn't weak and isn't compromising, but isn't so heavy-handed that you just crush them. Right. There's a balance to that, you know. Be careful that you're not you're not just you know, mowing people down because you're just really going to let them have it about the, you know, this this ultra revelation that you have. Okay, well, hey, there's a time and place for everything. I'm sure that ultra is great at certain points, but maybe, you know, maybe be careful with the way that you're, you're blasting people. Um, and so there's a... I saw a, a, a presentation of, a, of an army officer describing how to, how to combine the, the Met T.C. principles into an actual real-world situation. And he used the example of a... Um, a training exercise where some of his guys that he's training um, were assaulting a, uh, a fortified position and they, they got all hung out and out in the wide open were just getting shot to bits by the simulation rounds. And they get all frustrated. Nah, this is just a, this is a disaster and I, I quit. And he's like, all right, well, hang on, let's, let's think about this for a minute. You know, is what your, you know, what's your mission? Well, my mission is to get the bad guys. Well, are you doing that? No. Okay. So, you know, Christians, what's your mission? Well, read my Bible and pray, have a walk with god have have a clean life. Well, are you doing that? no, okay, well, maybe we're doing something wrong all right Amen. Amen. you know, and he's like, all right, well, what's your problem? Well, they're over there in 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 you know and he just he just goes down the line. i'm going to try to skip over some of it, but um you know the, well, the terrain they have better terrain well you know i need I need uh, you know, they're, they're just more fortified than I am. Okay, well, where would you be more fortified? Well, over there. Okay, why don't you go over there? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You know, right. hey, um, I, I'm just getting killed because I'm not, you know, spiritually wiped out because I'm not in a place that's spiritually conducive. Right? right. I'm hanging out in areas that have bad spirits. We'll move. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's not that hard. Um, it's not that complicated. I mean, it might be difficult spiritually. That's why it's a fight. But it's sometimes you've got to just grit your teeth and do it. Um, you know, you, you and you know he talks about well, I don't have the I don't what what's on my side, right? And he asked the asked soldier, well, what's what kind of troops and support, what kind of equipment do you have at your disposal? He's like, you know, what would you need? He's like, well, I would need a bazooka to get those guys out of there. Well, do you have a bazooka? No. So okay, that plans out. Find another way to do this. Well, you need, you know, you're approaching this this obstacle in your life, this spiritual stronghold in your life, and you keep ramming your head into it. You know, you've got some difficult thing that you just cannot get over right? You know? Um, oh, I've got some, some, uh, and I'm not, and bear in mind, remember, the whole context of this is there are people who are legitimately trapped in really difficult situations like addiction and, and disease and things that they cannot get rid of. And those are real strongholds. And sometimes you approach that and you just slam your head into it and go, I have this thing that I cannot stop doing. And I have butt my head into this over and over and over again. I get slaughtered every time. Well, Maybe stop doing that. Amen. Just don't. Back up a minute. And this is the solution to this, to this poor soldier's problem. His officer's like, look, just back up. You have time. You have time. Those guys over there, they're hiding in those rocks. They don't have time. You can sit right here, and you can wait. And you can pick up the phone, and you can call your platoon commander and say, Commander, Lieutenant, I've got a problem. Can't get these guys out. Could you bring up some reinforcements, maybe some mortars? And deal with this. And you can sit here all day to wait for it, right? And so many times Christians will sit there and beat their head against a problem, trying to resolve this, and they get just beat all to thunder. And instead, they need to stop, back up, sit down, and call the commander and say, Lord, I've got a problem that I can't handle, right? Pick up the phone and call some reinforcements. Call your pastor. There's a novel idea. Call, call, call your family. Get some people to join together with you in prayer and team up on this devil, right? Do something that's not just beating your head into it and making yourself feel like, a, like a, a failure, right? Do something different. Call the Lord. And then once you do, once you call the commander, that doesn't mean you go charge it again. You wait until the commander shows up and deals with the problem. It's almost like the Bible says to wait upon the Lord. Right? Yeah. You, it's not that complicated. Go forth in faith. Strike out. And when you come to a problem that you just can't overcome, call your commander and get some backup. Wow. And he will show up. Yeah. It might be a while. Yeah. You're, you might turn this into a siege. Uh-huh. Sieges can last years. Yeah. Right? And I mean that. Like, sometimes you got a real spiritual problem. Maybe you have a, a chronic disease that will not go away. That might take some years of waiting but you don't give up. You don't just abandon the position, right? You, you just hold your ground and you continue to confess, you continue to confess your testimony that, of healing and it'll happen, right? And so I, I wanted to take all of this and kind of, if I could wrap it up, I'm going a little bit longer than what I had planned. I want to hit one, one final thing and kind of wrap it up on this. And I want to think, you know, maybe apply this to a spiritual, a real thing that I identify with a lot. That would be Jonah. Because a lot of times, you know, we have all this idea we can think about. Oh, we're going to plan and we're going to, you know, approach this problem this way and we got to plan to deal with it. Um, Mike Tyson has a great line, everyone's got to plan until they get punched in the face. Right? And it's all fine, well, and good to have this plan. Oh, we're going to organize ourselves in this way, and we're going to approach this thing. And the, Yeah, well, okay. And then Monday morning, you get punched in the face, yeah. right? What is that? And then you fall completely flat. And then you're laying on your back going, oh, well, that went horribly. Mm-hmm. And you thought you did everything right, and you're still wiped out. And so now we want to get down into, the, down into the trench, right? What does it look like? It's all fine, well, and good to think about what it looks like in the officer's tent. What does it look like in the trench, Right? because a lot of the times in the trench where things are really bad is when you're in a really ugly situation that you put yourself in, yeah. right? There's a, um, you know, we talk about the, the, the whole armor of God, and it's, you know, beautiful, and you obviously put on the whole armor of God, and it's, but when you're assaulting gates but in medieval times, there's a nasty little trick they would do is dump boiling oil or water on the attackers, Cause it goes down under your armor and cooks you in your armor. And a lot of the times, we have all your salvation, got your righteousness, your shield of faith, and your sword and your your helmet of truth and all this stuff, and you assault that gate of hell and they just cooks you in your armor, and you're sitting there laying on your back going, "Well, I thought I was righteous," and there's that devil going, "Oh wow, what a what a good Christian you are," you know, just really grinding it in. And that's where I feel like a lot of times we end up like Jonah. because Jonah Jonah was a, has a special kind of a story, <laughs> um, in which, um, if you could go ahead and pull up uh, Jonah chapter two verse one, because um, Jonah was told to do something, and then he just didn't do it. Not only did he not do it, he went and did the opposite. And then he gets himself into a situation where he has completely rejected God and what God told him to do so badly that the judgment of God is falling on him. And not only falling on him, but falling on a bunch of unaffiliated sailors that had nothing to do with it. And they're all going to die now because Jonah didn't want to do what God told him to do. And so Jonah recognizes this and says, well... I can't let these innocent people die because of my stupidity. So I'm going to give them the instructions on how to execute me. Mm-hmm. It's not like Jonah knew there was going to be a fish. Right. Right? Jonah wasn't getting telling him to bind his hands and feet and throw him overboard because he was thinking, oh, well, you know, there, there's going to be a fish down there and I'm going to wind up in Nineveh. No. Jonah's like, no, they need to kill me so God can not kill them. Wow. right? Jonah's suicidal. Yeah. Right? Jonah is like, I need to the 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 right thing for me to do right now is die. Right? And we get there. I've been there. You know, the right thing to do at this moment is die. Which is true, you should be dying to yourself every day. And the the reality, and so they throw Jonah overboard, and then he you know, goes down to the water and they he's he's drowning, and then a, a great fish swallows him, and then he finds himself in the belly of this fish. And uh, he's got this, I mean, you want to talk about a tough spot that he put himself in, by the way. I mean, not only did he do all the circumstances that led up to him feeling like he needed to go in the water, he then gave them the instructions to how to throw him there, right? He literally architected this whole thing. So if you could pull up that, uh, I, just want to, I just want to read. Because now he's in there, he's in the, in the, in the, in the fish's belly, and he prays this prayer. It says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. And then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even even to the soul the depth closed me round about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple." They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. The other day I read that that verse where it says, um, they that observe lying vanities reject their own mercy. And it so struck me because here's a man who, I mean, of all the audacity, (laughs) right, the unmitigated gall of this man to literally throw himself in this situation, be eaten by a fish, be Pitch black, blind as a bat with seaweed wrapped around his head. And I don't know, I don't imagine it's very roomy inside of a fish's belly either, right? It's kind of cramped. And he's looking all around him, feeling the crushing of the fish's stomach and going, Lying vanities. Wow. Lying vanities. It's, it's not real. It's, it's just fake. What? Right? And how many times do we get ourselves into a situation, right? It says that that he was in the belly of hell. That we have so failed as Christians, just completely, just made a hash of it. And so badly that hell has manifested around us. Do exactly what we know is wrong. Do exactly what we knew God told us not to do. And now, like Samson, having gone and found a a Philistine harlot, has to use the gifts and the deliverance of God to get himself out. And here we are, throw ourselves into the belly of hell and go, you have the audacity to get yourself out? right? To, To pray? Is that really what you want to do? You deserve that? You deserve deliverance after everything that you did? The answer is no, you don't. That's why it says they reject their own mercy. Because mercy isn't for people who deserve it. Right? If you, mercy is when somebody can punish you and they choose not to. Mercy is when you deserve everything that you're getting and the creator of the universe says, no, it's not going to go that way. Mercy is for people who get themselves into an absolute meat grinder, deserve every inch of it, completely get everything they got coming and delivered anyways. Because they looked at that situation and said, you know... It's not about me. It's about the fact that the word of God says something. The word of God says he's my deliverer and he doesn't say exactly what he's delivering me from. The reality is he could have been delivering you from yourself as much as anything else, right? It doesn't say what you're supposed to be delivered from or what the judgment is. It just says that if you reject those lying vanities and say, no, God said I could be an overcomer. The word says I'm an overcomer. And even though my actions might be the lying vanities that I am rejecting... There's still lying vanities. I'm going to reject them, right? These temptations in my life, these things that seem to oppress me that I can't get away from, this, this addiction that I fostered, that I partook in, that's a lying vanity, and I'm rejecting it. And no matter... Hey, and when he said this, the, the, the fish's belly didn't just poof disappear. He was in it for a while still, right? It didn't just go away, you know? And ultimately... All of this is, is coming down. We can stand to our feet. Um, musicians come. Ultimately, this is a type. This is all a type. The, the story of Jonah is a type going down into the fish's belly is a type of Christ going down into the belly of hell. Right? It's not gonna. And you think, you know, the 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 Bible says that that. Jesus had to learn obedience through the things that he suffered. Right. that's an interesting thought, that here's Jesus, you think, he, you know, he's perfect, never failed, and yet he still had to learn, yeah. right, didn't, didn't, um, just, uh, whatever comes to your heart. Um, and so, ultimately, you know, when he, when he's, when he's down, going down into hell, he has to hold on to the promise, The only reason why Christ came back and resurrected is because he had to hold on to the promise that there was going to be another resurrection. There was going to be a resurrection. The Bible said that he wouldn't leave his soul in hell. And so he had to go to hell, stand there, and look Satan in the eye, surrounded by billions of devils, screaming in his face, and say, lying vanities. And Christ had to go to hell believing his own word that he'd come back out. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't have. It's just all there is to it. Right? It was and so we because that's our example, we 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 allow these things into our lives. But the reality is if Christ had to be learn to be subject to the word, then we have to learn to be subject to the word. We have to learn that, you know, it's not about me and my failures. I'm still going to subject what I confess to the word. Even though I don't deserve it. And that's um that's that's the battle. I, I wanna I wanna read a, a quote, I'll just leave you with this. I you know I've gone over I, I apologize. Um, went a little longer than i intended. There's a quote from the greatest battle ever fought. It's one of my all-time favorite things I've ever read. Um, it says, If you'll come and you'll keep them memories and conscience and everything thinking about, well I might fail i might not be right don't you do that at all you throw aside everything and open up the channel and say god your word is eternally true and it's for me if the whole church fails if the whole world fails yet i can't fail because i'm taking your word and so whatever need you have in your life whether it's overcoming whether it is just just having that closer walk with god Whatever that is, you say the promise is there for me. God made the promise and his word can't fail. And if everything else falls apart, even if I fall apart tomorrow, that doesn't matter. That's a lying vanity. And I claim the promise. And to the day after tomorrow yes. will be another day, another day to, to to carry on. So thank you all for, for listening. And uh, we'll uh, bless that. That the word found you uh, would aid you going forward and have a word of prayer Father I thank you for this opportunity to open my heart and open that channel Father I trust that you would have taken something that I would have said tonight and and found uh, an open heart in the audience tonight Father those who would have heard it would have been able to apply it to some situation Father they would be able to take it and, and stand in this dark and evil day Father we as you would bless the people and, and uh, anoint their doings and any traveling that would, that would take place, Father, that people would be protected and they would go forth in the, in the grace of your word, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.
4: Why don't you raise your hands now? I should have fallen. Oh, well, I sure should have fallen comment that just stuck with me so much out of it more than anything that what he said and he said he was going to elaborate and he never got back to it so I have to get I get that another time but he said the gates of hell he said we're not something that you would break not not that you're breaking into hell but it's the gates of hell is something that holds you in And boy, that transforms the entire, your entire thought of what the Bible, what Jesus meant when he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't hold them in. Can't keep them in. They're going to come out. Doesn't matter what gates the devil's put on you or what prison he's put on you. The gates of hell can't hold you in. Just as they couldn't keep Jesus in the grave and couldn't keep Jonah in a belly of a well. Amen. No child of God can stay in that prison. As Brother Branham says, house of hell give way in the name of Jesus Christ amen we want to take up the needs uh, prayers just before we go and and let you be dismissed from brother Aaron Simmons says Enoch uh brother brother Enoch has a double ear infection so we want to remember brother Enoch tonight and also need to put in a prayer request for my dad his back is hurting him quite a bit uh quite badly and the VA is refusing to give him his pain management medication well that's all right we know a pain taker don't we Amen. amen don't we Amen. 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 From Brother Ken Booz, please pray for me, I do not feel well. So I want to remember, Brother Ken Booz, also not feeling well tonight. It says, also a woman came in and asked our church to pray for her son, Tom. He was in a bicycle accident and is in ICU. They might have to remove his spleen. We're going to remember Tom and Matthew, I want you to come and pray for these. From Sister Lisa St. John, my aunt says, Samuel and Judah are both sick with possible COVID symptoms. So we want to remember them tonight. Also from Brother Mark Carter, prayer request for Sarah. She has a headache, uh, she's dizzy, and has a fever. My goodness. Well, we know a God who's greater than any of these symptoms. Amen. Why don't you just raise a hand if you have an unspoken prayer request, something before the Lord. Hold it up as we join our faith together. With
5: you. Lord, Father, we come before you this, this evening, Father, needy people, Lord, we're standing on that promise that you gave father that that atonement that you made father that 2000 years ago that blood ran down and paid the price for our healing forever for eternity that eternal sacrifice and because of that promise because of that paid price we can stand here and claim our healing for all of these situations we can stand in the gap for our 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 spiritual family, Father, these these brothers and sisters in Christ, Father. Sister Sarah Carter with this headache, Father, you know you walked the earth as a man and had a headache and know how it is. And so in 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 your love would come down and touch that. Father, this uh, brother Enoch with this ear infection, Lord, we cast that out. We, we will not stand for this. We do not allow... This, this devil to, to stay must go because your word said it must. And Father, this this uh, brother Aaron's father with his harmed back, Father, I know I've had broken uh, or, or, or injured back, Father, and you've healed me. I know what it's like to be laid up because you can't move. And Father, I know what it feels like to have that whole healing power come down and raise you up. And so... I know that if you did that for me, then you must do it again, if the requirements are met. And so we we lay claim to that promise, Father. And our brother, dear brother Ken, Father, not feeling well yet again. That healing blood flows and uh, and atones for any uh, any any illness or, or or ill effect, Father. And this this woman, Father, who who. Uh, had her son with a bicycle accident, Lord, we ask that your your healing grace would go forward, that would atone in this case, Father, that that perhaps the healing in this poor man's body might open a door, the healing for his soul, the greater healing might take place, Father. For Lord, you know that this healing in his body may be temporary. He he may die yet still. But that, if that healing in his soul could go forward, Father, that would be the greater healing, for it would heal him for all eternity, that it would be an eternal life, Father. So that's what we cling to. And Lord, our sister St. John, sister Lisa, uh, requesting prayer for, for Samuel, brother, brother Samuel and Judah we are sick with this possible COVID, Father, this, this demon specter that has plagued the earth, Father, we reject that. We reject that any fear that would be associated with that. We reject any anxiety associated with that as nothing but anointment of the devil. And we pray for deliverance and healing in this situation that all those who would be affected... Would not be would, would, would be healed and that anyone exposed would not have fear of of, of infection, Father. Lord, we, we we claim these things not not because of anything that we did, but because of that great work that you did, Father. That you said it, and and we simply stand on the promise that you made so that your word might be glorified. By the, by the fulfillment of your own word. So we ask these things in your, in your holy and precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
4: Amen. It's certainly been good to be here in the house of the Lord. Why don't you just shake somebody's hand. Tell them, Happy Thanksgiving. Amen. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. Amen. Got a lot to be thankful for. We're going to let you be dismissed. Lord Willem, we'll see you this weekend on Sunday. Give God bless you. With be dismissed. a grateful heart,
2: give thanks to, to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ.